Welcome back to the Living in Jesus podcast. I'm your host, Ross O'Hare, and with me today, I've got Tom Price back. How are you? Hey, Ross. Good to be here. (laughs) Yeah, glad to have you. So today we are talking about embracing the way God sees us. Now, we talk a lot about how God sees us here at CFT, kind of another way of saying, you know, our identity or who God tells us we are. But we want to talk about how to embrace that today. So maybe you can define what that means. How do we embrace that? Uh, Actually, I would say embrace is a, another word of just saying believe. Sure. Yeah. We we have to believe, and believing truth is embracing it. Yeah. It's owning it. It's bringing it to ourselves and making it your own. Got it. So, okay, we have to own how God sees us. But before we can get to that conversation, we kind of have to set the table a little bit on how God sees us. So we're going to kind of define that a little bit here just for the sake of the conversation. Let's just make it simple. How does God see us? He, well, He sees us as His holy and righteous children. You know, that's what saint basically means is a holy one. He calls us holy ones. And so he sees us as complete in Christ. He sees us as righteous and holy. He sees us as the the ideal vessel to contain his life and to express his life. Yeah, that's so great. I love the ideal vessel. Yeah, because so much of the time we, we hear the opposite from the world around us or even the Christian world, that there's something wrong with us, they have a wicked heart. But obviously, you know, a lot of scriptures back this up that says we're complete in Christ, that mm-hmm. we lack nothing, that God's given us everything we need for life and godliness. And so there's this completeness to us. How else should someone really, what is the basic foundation of how someone should understand how God sees them? We need to see that God is absolutely overjoyed to be in our presence. Hmm. I mean, he's we're always in his presence, whether we realize it or not. Sure. But we need to see that his face is beaming with joy because he gets to spend time with us. Yeah. Yeah, as fully forgiven, fully righteous people, God's done all the work to make it so that he can enjoy being with us in our presence and doing living life with us. There's such great news when it comes to how God sees us, and oftentimes that's not always communicated. Oftentimes the opposite is communicated, that God's mad at us, disappointed in us, frustrated with us, turning his back on us. The actual, the verse was not, you know, when we are faithless, he remains faithful. It's just kind of like, no, when we're faithless, then... He's disappointed in us. Right. <laughs> right? right. We kind of changed that scripture a little bit. So maybe we need to, on the flip side, is maybe address some of the things that people say that are wrong about how God sees us. Well, because of the fall and what caused the fall was one sin. Mm-hmm. And that one sin led to many sins, yeah. to all sins. And because of that, I think we think that God still sees us as flawed because of that sin. Hmm. And even in some circles, there's still the idea that, okay, you're a Christian, you're a believer, you know, God loves you, He saved you, and one day when you die, you're going to go to heaven. But <laughs> in the meantime, you're still a unrighteous sinner. Yeah, kind of a, talked about before, but a positional righteousness, where, as we've talked about, again, positionally, in God's eyes, we're righteous, but in actuality here on earth, we're not actually righteous, because obviously we're still sinning, so that can't mean we're the righteous. Yeah, and so God has to, <laughs> he has to pretend hmm. like we're righteous while we're here on the earth, Yeah, which is just ridiculous, in my <laughs> yeah. opinion. Yeah, it's definitely, it's a silly notion. Like, it's like God saying, let there be light, and then he pretends like there's light. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, yes. That's a good one. I like it. Well, yeah, so obviously God is not a pretender. 
He no. he knows what he's done, and it also lessens the reality of what the cross completed and the resurrection completed. Right, right. I think it's important for us to kind of really highlight that, because obviously God's work on the cross, he said it was finished, and what was finished? The work in order to see us as holy and righteous and blameless. And again, maybe the word see us might be where that falls into that trap. I mean, he just sees us that way, but it's not real. But the reality is, no, we are actually righteous and holy and blameless. It's a fact. It's a reality. It's yeah. a, it's truth. Yeah, and it's an identity. And the identity of us being holy and righteous and perfect doesn't mean that we don't ever sin, because we still have the flesh and you know old ways of thinking. But God has completed the work for us to be holy and heaven ready now. We don't need to be scrubbed up and cleaned up before you know right before heaven's gates after we die. We're ready now. And it's sin. I'm glad you mentioned that. It's it's the ongoing sin problem that leads Christians to see themselves as corrupt, as yeah. unrighteous, as uh, having an identity as a sinner. Sure, incomplete as a sinner. Right. Yep, yep, exactly. So to this podcast, then, now that we've kind of laid the groundwork of, okay, this is what God says, who we are, and what he's done to make that happen, and addressed a few of the, the common lies that you hear about how that's not possible. But this podcast is more about, okay, how do we embrace the truth that God does actually see us as righteous and holy, and his kid who he's thrilled to be around? How do we embrace that? You have to believe it. You know, I, I remember the, the Scripture talks about the guy who came to Jesus and said, Lord, what do I need to do? Mm. And Jesus didn't give him a do list. Yeah. He said, your work is to believe. Yeah, exactly. I want you to believe. And, and he knows, because he's a creator, that when we believe something, truly believe it, then it's going to impact our emotions, it's going to impact our choices, it's going to impact our behaviors, and we're going to walk it out. Yeah, but see, that's hard to do a lot of the times is to believe that because we have an enemy that's telling us that we're imperfect. Uh, All, every day. Yep, we have an enemy that's tempting us still, and we're still dealing with temptation and struggles and pain and loss and failure. And so our feelings and our circumstances don't necessarily line up with that notion. And, you know, this conversation ties in a lot of different concepts, identity, concept of God, belief, believer's battle, all these different things that we've talked about, especially in season one. How do we get to the point where we can actually believe that God sees us as a holy, righteous kid? How do we get to that point? In John 17, 3, Jesus, in his prayer to the Father, he defines for us very clearly, very succinctly, he defines for us what eternal life is. Okay, so my old way of thinking, eternal life is, oh, that's what I get when I die and go to heaven. Hmm. But in the meantime, I've got to struggle, 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 almost struggle with sin, because I am a sinner, hmm. you know. <laughs> but he defines eternal life as knowing the Father and knowing the Son. And that knowing is intimate relationship. And so the way that I get there is to engage in that intimate relationship every day that God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit wants me to experience. And as I engage in that relationship and I listen, and I listen, I pay attention, because He's always telling me all those things we mentioned, Son, you're righteous, you're complete, I am proud of you. Yeah. And He's not proud of my weak moments, He's proud of 
me, of who I am. Because remember, uh, I love uh, Ephesians 2.10, we are His workmanship. We are created, recreated in the sense, you know, born again Mm. by the very hands of God, made into a new creature who is capable of displaying God's life. Yeah. And the more that we believe that and, and walk it out, you will find your life changing in ways that you can't even imagine. Yeah, and I think that really ties in what we talked about the very first episode of season one, our concept of God. If we truly think that God is on our team and is on our side and is dealing with us not on a basis of our sin, but on the basis of our righteousness... Mm-hmm. Because the sin has been removed, it's been taken away as far as the east is from the west, then then that's someone that we want to spend time with, right? Because otherwise, I'm like, there's this worry that I have of like, well, I, I don't know, like, is is God mad at me? Is God upset? Kind of, you know, like we've mentioned before. So again, it ties in our concept of God for us to truly understand who we are and to approach Him boldly and spend time with Him and have an intimate relationship. All of these dots have to connect on some way where we trust God, we trust his opinion of us, and we can then run into his arms and be like, man, there's nobody and nothing like you because of how you interact with me. A few years ago, I wrote an article about God being an artist, but I like the concept that God is an artist because he's a creator, right? Yeah. And when we, as human artists, we draw or paint what we imagine based on what we already know. Sure. And here's God who there is no limit to what his imagination can dream yeah. up, and, yeah. and then he creates it, right? So as an artist, he is, in a sense, we're his canvas, and he is writing our stories. He's yeah. making our lives into something that's worth looking at and putting on display. Hmm. But could you imagine walking up to God as an artist and saying, God, you are an incredible artist, and I, I worship you, I bow down to you, yeah. but I just got to tell you, your paintings suck. <laughs> and every time that we tell God that I'm nothing, that I'm worthless, and we'll even Christianize and go, apart from Christ, I'm worthless. Mm. Well, if you are in Christ and Christ is in you, you can never be apart from Him. Right. So why would you even entertain the notion that apart from Him, yeah. right? Yeah. Because now you're unified with Him. And this is not narcissism. Yeah. This is not an inappropriate view of yourself. This is an appropriate view based upon what God has done. Yeah. You are the work of His hands. And so God wants to put me on display because when He puts me on display, He's putting His life, His image on display for the world to see. Yeah, He's putting Jesus on display and what Jesus accomplished, absolutely. And also, like you said, the Christian world will dress it up sometimes. It's like a false humility. I am nothing. God is everything. Well, no, you're my workmanship. I am proud of who you are. I made you this way, and I want you to embrace that, right? And that comes back to that word is part of embracing who we are is acknowledging that God made us new and good and holy. And that's going to help us in so many ways, but maybe you can define why does it help us to embrace how God sees us? You, you mentioned earlier that we can be very sin conscious instead of conscious about the fact that we're righteous, Hmm. and that's going to tip our focus in the wrong direction. If we're sin-conscious, we're always going to be trying to fix what's, quote, broken, right? When the truth is, we're not broken. 
we've got some bad thoughts, some bad beliefs that's leading us to make choices that are sinful. Right. But we're not bad. We're yeah. good. Yeah. And if we focus on that fact that we are good, then we can see God's goodness in us coming out of us as we express His life. And the way that we see that experientially, plainly put, is the fruit of the Spirit. When I see you, Ross, when I see you love, when I see you be patient and I see you be kind and gentle, I'm seeing you putting on display God's life in you. Hmm. I see you in that moment embracing who you are, who God says about you. Yeah, that's so great. And so what's been your experience with this journey of how God sees you and embracing it? Well, like any kid who grows up, they want their parents to love them, to accept them, to see them as worthwhile, and not all of us got to experience that. I mean, I'm very fortunate that my parents were pretty clear about communicating worth and value to me. But even in spite of that, I still get out of childhood with (laughs) this sense that, yeah, but you still don't measure up. You're still not good enough. Hmm. And what that led to is in my early 20s, having this pivotal moment when I believed that there was a possibility that I wasn't a believer, Mm. that I was just a faker. Mm. Last podcast we did, I talked about some of my addiction issues, Mm. and that kind of helped lead into this, this thought, well, if you can do that, then you must not be really truly a Christian. You must not be a believer. And so that began this journey of entertaining the idea that, well, maybe I'm not a Christian. Maybe I'm not a believer. Maybe I'm just a faker. Maybe I've been faking it this whole time. Mm. And so now I'm swimming in an ocean of doubt, and I'm looking for anything that I could hang on to. And when I go to God with it, there's this kind of dual thing going on where I know God wants me to come to Him with it, but at the same time, I'm in dread of what He's going to tell me. Hmm. He's going to look at me and go, I am so disappointed in you. I mean, why can't you get this right? And so over time, that leads to me saying the sinner's prayer over and over and, you know, getting on my knees and weeping Hmm. before God, you know, save me. And getting up off my knees and feeling no difference, still feeling doubt, still feeling lost inside. And it was essentially God revealing himself to me in such a powerful way where I knew in that moment that my life was truly in his hands, and Mm. he was a good God who did not want to throw me away. Mm. I realized I wasn't in the hands of an angry God. I was in the hands of a God who loves me with all of his heart. And that was the tipping point to where I began to learn over time who I am and started embracing it. And it's been a slow grow. The more I embrace it, I think it gets a little faster. Yeah, gathering steam. Gathering steam. And now when I struggle with sin, I don't get stuck there anymore. Hmm. I go straight back to, oh, God, thank you. This is who you say I am. And... I can walk in joy and not in shame and guilt and dread of being in God's presence. I, I feel very welcomed every time hmm. I'm in His presence, which, awesome. which is funny because I'm always in His presence. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly, yeah. So, you know, as the listeners are listening to this, what, what could be a major takeaway for them? They maybe can relate to your story with the doubt and seeing God incorrectly and trying to put all those dots together and allowing 
God to speak to you in that moment. But what's a major takeaway you can give to the audience? Well, seeing ourselves through a false concept of how God sees us, it really does hinder us from experiencing God's life, um, freedom. And But when we see ourselves the way that God truly sees us, the way that He embraces us, then we can embrace that view and, and own it. Mm. Now, again, it's not going to be a light switch. Yeah. If you're out there listening and you want the light switch, good luck with that. <laughs> it's not going to be a light switch moment. But over time, you will begin to embrace more and more of the reality of what God sees. Mm. And He's going to be the one to train you and what he sees. Yeah. Now you can go to scripture, but when you go there, be sure that you're listening to him as he's telling you what you're seeing, what you're reading. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, I think to tie it all together, like you said, is when we have a correct concept of how God sees us and how he feels about us and what he's done to us, then it changes everything internally about, you know, obviously when we see ourselves differently and we see ourselves in a positive light, it's going to change our experience of our day-to-day interactions with our family and our spouse Absolutely. and our kids and our coworkers, because all of a sudden we're living in this place of acceptance and love as opposed to a place of fear and condemnation. Yeah, if you're not accepting yourself for who you truly are, who God says you are, then that's going to affect not only how you see yourself, but it's going to affect how you see everybody around you, as you just said. Yeah you're not going to be as quick to accept other people. Awesome. Well, thanks so much, Tom, for your time. Thank you for really helping us understand how to embrace how God sees us. And thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of the Living in Jesus podcast, and we'll see you next week. Hey, everyone. We just wanted to let you know that we set up an email address that you can contact us at, and that email address is podcast at cftministry.org. Again, that's podcast at cftministry.org. And we designed it so that you can shoot us your questions, or even if you have a topic that you want us to discuss or go over, we'd love to hear from you. And as always, thanks so much for being a part of this community. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. The Living in Jesus podcast is a production of Christian Families Today and is produced and edited by Ross O'Hare and Ben Brezina. Christian Families Today is a nonprofit discipleship counseling, training, and coaching ministry focused on equipping men, women, and children in how to build biblically healthy lives and families. You can visit our website at cftministry.org to find information about our ministry, the Living in Jesus study, and other free resources. If you are encouraged by this podcast, it would really mean a lot to us if you could take a minute and leave us a review. This podcast and all our free content is made available because of the generosity of people just like you from around the world. Until next week, thank you and God bless.